Baylor needs a miracle to beat Kansas State tomorrow. This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked on Baylor, brought to you by Jace Medical, and thank you for making it your first listen today and every day. I really appreciate that. I'm your host, Cam Stewart, talking about Baylor football once again, taking on the Kansas State Wildcats in the Little Apple of Manhattan tomorrow in a lopsided matchup on paper. Um, I think this might be the most unfavorable matchup Baylor has all year because they played UT early in the season and we didn't know quite how bad the team was yet. Um, We are fully aware now and Kansas is good like better than 25th ranked good, even though that's what the, that's what the number will be. That's next to their name. Um, they're better than that. And it has not been a good matchup in the Dave Aranda era, even though he is two and one against them. Uh, amazingly, and not many teams he's got a winning record against at Baylor. Um, it's still not a good matchup for, for these bears. And uh, to be quite honest with you, I don't hate to sound too negative. I think it's going to be ugly. Uh, tomorrow afternoon at Bill Snyder Stadium. But the thing I want to highlight first talking about Kansas State is just how good a team it is for only being ranked 25th for a team that's still on on the outside looking in in both a um, Big 12 championship game appearance. They obviously were the conference champions last year, as well as on the outside looking in for any kind of um, BCS Bowl at large bid. Um, Unlike a team like Kansas, who is still in, in the in the running for both of those things, actually Um, they would need some help, but they're absolutely in the running for those. Uh, But Kansas state, they fell to Texas in Austin last weekend. They overcame a 17 point deficit twice, or they were down by 17 twice. They overcame that deficit lost 33 to 30 in overtime. They dominated the second half of that game where they fell down after the first possession, 24 to seven. And came back to to force overtime after that. And what I think is easy to forget about this team is they have a good defense. They've got a very good offense, very efficient offense as well um, with Will Howard still at the, at the wheel for that, for that ride. Um, They are a top five in the big 12 in, in terms of total offense, as well as rushing attack. And again, talking about Baylor, this is this has not changed. They are the worst rushing defense in the conference. They are the worst defense in the conference. Going up against a Wildcat team that scores over 36 points a game and is outscoring their opponents on the season by 19 points a game. Not a great matchup, like I said. Not a great matchup. And it wasn't a great matchup last year either when Baylor lost 31-3. to that was at McLean. You remember it was the first night game at McLean since 2020, which coincidentally enough was also against Kansas State. And there was hype going into that. Baylor were six and three. They had just beaten Oklahoma. They had destiny and they had their fate in their hands. If they won out, again, easier said than done. It was Kansas State, TCU, and, and Texas. But if they had won out, they were going to be in the Big 12 championship game for the second year in a row. Instead, they play their worst game of the season. Kansas State, a few weeks later, goes to the Big 12 championship and beats TCU to win the title. So (laughs) as weird as it is to say, this is a matchup of the last two Big 12 champions. 
<laughs> and one is just in such a better position than the other one, um, almost embarrassingly so. Uh, but credit the job Chris Kleiman has done. We got to get one of those North Dakota State coaches, man, uh, because they are they are on a heater once again. Even even though they're probably not going to play for the conference championship, this is a seven and three team in Kansas State. And the thing that uh, stuck out to me with the thirty one to three loss that Baylor had last year is Deuce Vaughn had a good game against them. He always did. Goes for over a hundred yards. But really, the the two other killers are, were Will Howard, the quarterback. And Ben Sennett, the tight end, who I think is the best tight end in the conference, um, they were the ones that killed you. And they're both back. <laughs> they're both back. Uh, Howard last year doesn't have the, the hugest game on the stat sheet, but he's efficient as heck, as he always is. 19 to 27, 196 yards, got out of the pocket some, was, was pretty good at that scrambling, and had three passing touchdowns. Ben Sennett, seven receptions, 89 yards, two touchdowns has the tight end. No one could cover him. And maybe I'm being too negative. I doubt anyone can cover him this year. They had a, a better brand of, of physical defenders, including Al Walcott at the star last year. Um, they don't have that this year, even though they do have a good defensive backfield. It's a very young defensive backfield. And if it becomes a, a game where the star again, Bryson Jackson has to, has to cover Ben Sinnott, that is big-time advantage Kansas State. And they don't have Deuce Vaughn anymore, but they do have DJ Kiddens, who is um, pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Um, the, the thing that scares me the most is the, the next comparable team to Baylor in terms of defense, especially rush defense, I think they're still the second worst, is UCF. Okay, Remember that game? Obviously, the great Baylor comeback. That was the two worst rushing defenses in the league at the time. Well, when... <laughs> When DJ Giddens and Kansas State faced them the week before they played Baylor, by the way, he had his best game of the season. 207 yards, four rushing touchdowns, 86 yards in receptions as well. Four touchdowns. He ripped them to shreds. And that is a defense that is marginally, marginally better than Baylor. Pretty much on the same playing field. And these guys especially DJ Giddens, just absolutely ripped them apart. Yeah, eight receptions for 86 yards in that game as well. That just is not a good matchup for me. <laughs> really, none of these are, but seeing what Giddens did against them is, is just not great. And looking at Will Howard's numbers from that too. Sorry, I just had that up. Um he was also pretty efficient. I mean, very similar to the game that he had against Baylor last year where, you know, he's not chucking it down the field all the time, but he's checking it down to Ben Sinnott and he's taking care of the football. And he had a pretty good day against UCF himself. And I'm using that because, again, it's it's really the next comparable defense that they've faced for me. Um, he did have a pick in that game but he also was able to get out of the pocket the way he did against Baylor. Seven rushes for 64 yards, two rushing touchdowns. So in 27 to 42 on the day, so 65% completion percentage about where he's been at the, the whole season, other than against Houston when he had 88% um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and he was one of the big reasons why they got back in that game um, against uh, UT last week, 26 to 41. He did have a pick, but also threw four touchdowns. 
and got them back in that game. Did take a couple sacks, though. Um, this matchup is just not favorable to Baylor at, at any point, but especially on the defensive side of the ball for the Bears. They have been porous all year, um, and there's just nothing that has shown me that they're not going to make the same mistakes that they do every week on the defensive side of the ball. And it, it starts with not stopping the run. I mean, I sound like a broken record. I've said it all year, but Kansas State might not have to get out of first gear because I don't know how much they're going to have to pass the ball. Um, they've got two weapons on the ground, at least against Baylor, because Will Howard can get out of the pocket against them. So anyway, I don't love the matchup, if you can't tell. But there might be some things that if Baylor gets a boost or get some help where they might be able to put some points up on the board. Anyway, we're going to talk about that next. But before I do, I have to tell you about my good friends. And before I do that, I got to tell you about passion, drive, and patience. It's what brings home the winning trophy. And it's also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions do apply, and that eBay guaranteed fit is only for our customers here in the U.S. of A. So how can Baylor attack Kansas State? Well, put quite simply, they'll, they'll need some help. They'll really need some help. And the thing I mean by that is I don't think this is going to happen because we haven't heard it from Dave Aranda yet. Um, he said we'd know more on Monday afternoon, and obviously we haven't heard from him since then. But the thing that I think would help them the most is if uh, if Keytron Jackson is back. Um, because not only can Kansas State not give up the run, they're third in the conference in rushing defense at just 120 yards a game given up, but Baylor cannot run the football. They aren't the worst anymore. BYU is comfortably worse at only 79 yards a game to Baylor's 114. But as we've been able to see all year, they have not been able to establish the run even a little bit. And they weren't able to do it against Kansas State last year too. Richard Reese was the feature back. Nine carries, 54 yards. Um, they did struggle with Josh Cameron though. So maybe look out for him in this game, six receptions for 83 last year against Kansas state. But overall, I mean, you got to have some help on the outside. I like Josh Cameron more in the slot. Um, than on the outside, obviously that's where Monterey Baldwin plays as well. Those are, those are your weapons on offense right now. Um, and obviously no Hal Presley, no Keytron Jackson last week. They, they really don't have much of a threat at all on the outside. So it's going to be, um, slot receivers, as well as the tight ends, who I need to see get more involved. Again, Drake Dabney is a, a great talent, but he has not been a focal point of this offense. Had some big plays last week. Um, Jake Roberts has, you know, slowly but steadily worked his way into the offense, but only at a, a very small level. 
Um, and defensively, Kansas State is not that susceptible at all. Um, they are also th they're third in the conference in rush defense. They're third in the conference in passing defense as well. So Baylor needs all the help they can get in terms of weapons across the field um, offensively. I just think if you come in with just Josh Cameron, Monterey Baldwin on the inside and, and, and a couple of tight ends of Drake Dabney and Jake Roberts, you're, you're in for a long day. You're in for a long, long day. And it's one of those games like the UT game early in the season, uh, albeit with that at Sawyer Robertson at quarterback, where I just think, mm, how are they getting the ball in the end zone this week? How are they getting it in the end zone this week? And Blake didn't get a ton of help last week either. You know, obviously the biggest play of the game for him in the offense is him getting out of the pocket and rushing on that big, what was it, fourth and 18, um, where he has to use his legs, which we haven't seen much of from him as the starter. That's what they'll need. They'll, and, and what I mean by that isn't necessarily him just getting out of the pocket, which he will need to do, but something a little deceptive. Uh, trick plays is what got Baylor back in that game last year. It was the it was the touchdown throw um, that he that excuse me that Baylor pulled off against Iowa State last year as well. That kind of jet sweep, flea flicker, whatever it was, uh, touchdown play. That was what kept them from having 10 points on the board in that game against Houston. So I, I just can't see, I, I can't see them putting up that many points against Kansas state, which is a, a much better defense overall. Um, Houston is in the bottom half, a total defense and passing defense in the big 12. So is there a way to attack on offense? I don't know especially without those outside receivers in the mix. Obviously, Hal Presley's not going to be there. Keytron Jackson, who knows? I mean, he took a huge hit in that loss to Iowa State, was concussed, and now you add in that it's a road game. It makes things that much more different. But hey, Baylor's 2-0 on the road this year. People forget that, 2-0. Eh, Kansas State's 5-0 at home, but don't let that distract you from the fact <laughs> that Baylor is 2-0 on the road. And Davis said it, maybe that's what they need. They need them to get fired up by having that crowd against them. And uh, I hope that's the case is what I'll say there. The other thing that could get Baylor back in this game, and it's, it's very optimistic. It's wishful thinking. There's not much that I can go over that would inspire confidence in this, but you know, Will Howard is, is efficient, but he has had more mistakes this year than he had last year. Um, if you can guard Ben Sinnott, then you might have your way with them in terms of the passing game defensively. This is still a good defensive backfield, albeit young, but good. And they've played well on the road this year as well. So maybe they get some turnovers and get some short fields. And Isaiah Hankins is on his game this week like he wasn't last week. But even then, y'all, I mean, that's a lot. To, to think about and not much really to go off of in that case. So hope I'm wrong. I'm hope Baylor comes out and smacks the team in the mouth, but they haven't done that all season long. Again, FBS games this year, they have had a lead in the first half at any point in the first half twice, twice against Utah in week two and against Cincinnati in the second win of the season and the last win they had three weeks ago. Um, it can't happen. 
especially against a team as good as Kansas State. Remember, K-State's pissed off, man. They just lost a heartbreaker to Texas and one that almost eliminates them from truly defending their Big 12 championship and going back-to-back. And they feel this season hasn't gone the way that it should have, especially with the talent that we've seen on this team and the flashes that they've shown at times, um, like the second half against Texas or just pile-driving, or excuse me, Houston, the week before that, um, you see those spurts from this team and you're thinking, how have they lost three games in this conference? How have they lost three games? And I'll bet they're thinking that too. And a lot of people in Manhattan are thinking that. And Jerome Tang is thinking that. And so this is a good home team. They deal with inferior opponents pretty well. And that's exactly what Baylor is. They're just an inferior opponent. They're not on the same level as Kansas State. So a lot of things would need to go right for Baylor to be in this game. But That's why they play it. That's why they put 60 minutes on the clock. That's why they roll out the footballs and kick it off. So that that is the the hope that I can give you, is that they will play the game. Anyway, it's basketball season anyway. I'm so excited to talk about it. Like truly so excited to talk about it. So excited, in fact, that I actually went on Locked On College Basketball just today to talk with my man Isaac Shade from Locked on Tar Heels and Locked on College Basketball and talk about that exhilarating win against Auburn earlier in the week, your 2-0 and Baylor Bears, and how Jacoby Walter and Eve Misi are going to be two of the top freshmen in the nation and could both, I didn't think I would say this, but maybe I'm drink, drinking the Kool-Aid too much, could both go in the lottery of next year's NBA draft. Man, I am so excited for this team. This is as deep as we have seen it. Um, I mean, deeper, stick with me here, deeper than the national championship team. That doesn't mean they're better. In fact, they almost certainly won't be. That's one of the best college basketball teams I've ever seen, and they won the national championship. So you got to do something really, really, really special uh, in order to usurp that team. But I do think they're deeper, and I like the way they're playing this year a lot more. I like their identity a lot more this year than I liked it last year. So. Let's get in. Let's talk a little basketball after this word from today's sponsor, Jace Medical. The world, y'all, it's an uncertain place. Everywhere you turn, wherever you see it in the news, it is just not a certain place. And especially when you're going out on the road, you need that peace of mind. You can't put a price tag on that. That's why you use the Jace case from Jace Medical. The Jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. Jace Medical now offers that customizability with dozens of add-on medications, and you can choose the ones that best fit you and your family's needs. Jace is continually working to expand their medication offerings, and in those recent efforts, They even added ivermectin as an option to the Jace case. And they have gift cards too. Buy a gift card for your family or your loved ones. Stocking stuffer, it's perfect. So they can get a Jace case of their own. What you need to do is go to jacemedical.com, enter the code locked on at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. Again, that's jacemedical.com and use the promo code locked on at Jace, that rhymes with case, and J A S E medical.com.
I am overjoyed to be joined by the first time for me, the host of Locked On Baylor, Mr. Cam Stewart, coming at us uh, on the heels of a massive win for the Bears. I know that on yesterday's show, our guys Andy Patton and Lee Tween talked about this game, broke it down. But man, we need to get that firsthand Baylor look at this. And so Cam, it's such a pleasure to be talking for the first time. Thank you for making time. Cam's got a busy schedule here on Wednesday as we're recording with Texas High School Football, uh, which is, as we all know, I'm married to a Texan dude, so I get it and I understand the drill. So here's what I want to do, Cam. I want to start off big picture. So let's start with some recalibration following this win over Auburn. We now have the benefit of about 24 hours of hindsight. Having seen what we saw against an Auburn team that was picked sixth preseason in the SEC. And if they're sixth, the SEC is ridiculous. <laughs> this Auburn team is infinitely better than I expected. Aiden Holloway is a dude going to be one of the best freshmen yeah. in the country. And so here's my question to you, Cam. What are your season expectations now for Baylor having seen this? Have they grown? Have they lessened? Or have they stayed about the same? All in all, it was a roller coaster of a night when it comes to these ex- expectations and whether we need to curb them or what. So overall, it's kind of stayed the same. And I, I was high on this Baylor team going into the season. I was like, look, there's question marks, but from all we've seen, I, I just really like the way this team is is trending, especially the the identity that I thought this team was going to have that we saw a little bit of in the Auburn game, I thought is a better identity than what they had last year. So overall, I, I like it. I, I think, I genuinely think, I might be getting too ahead of myself, but I had it a few days ago too, of like an Elite Eight Final Four type of team. I, I really do because of the depth they've got. And so I was fully prepared to do my post-game show the other night of, you know, kind of disappointed that they didn't win the games. I thought they were the better team, but I was going to beg Baylor fans like, hey, be patient. This team is going to come together. They showed a lot better habits than what we saw last year. And thankfully, I didn't have to do that. So um, there were still some of the same problems that they had a season ago in terms of like transition defense and, and rebounding on the defensive side, although they were much better on the offensive class. Um, and they kind of corrected it all in the last five minutes of the game. I don't know that there was a time in the game that they played poorly um, or that they just deserved to get beat up. Um, like they were down nine and, and eight at points in the second half. But um, overall, I thought at the end of the game, this is what we expected. Maybe some guys were a little different than what we expected, but overall with the team output, you played a good SEC team. I agree with you. I think I thought Auburn was a little underrated going into this game. They're really underrated after this game. And I you just can't say enough. First game of the season in a neutral site with the whistles going crazy for both sides um, that you were able to withstand that even with some guys in foul trouble and come away with an impressive victory. And 16 to 5 to end the game. You can't get much better than that. No. No. Closing against a Bruce Pearl team and all his guards is always an impressive thing to be able to do. And they broke the press too. Yeah, I mean, that's that awesome. That's insanely difficult so cam you talked about that last five minutes and here's what was so interesting to me jacoby walter is the name that everyone would already know as the freshman dude coming in you know last year it's Keontae. this year it's jacoby and man did he show out you know 28 points perfect from the line four of seven from three six four all of this stuff but those last five minutes man it was another freshman to me who really really turned I won't say the tide, although I should say the tide since they were playing Auburn, uh, turned the tide there for the Bears, and that's Eves Missy. Um, and here's the thing with that. One of you talked about your question marks coming in. One of mine was, 
what will Baylor's front court be? Because I love Jonathan Chamwa Chachua, but he's still kind of working his way back from that injury, that gruesome mm-hmm. injury, and you know, is should be great. But the thing was, if Eves Missy can be a dude alongside him, even coming off the bench in, in a good role, then that Baylor front court should be great to match what's going to happen in the backcourt, despite all the losses of Adam Flagler and LJ Cryer and Keontae off to the league. Um, what was it about what Eves Missy did that is uh, hopefully confirming some maybe front court fears for you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good point about the front court because it was worries I had too, and worries that weren't exactly um, thrown away in the first few minutes of the game. Jonathan Chachua, uh, unfortunately, I don't know based off that game if he's going to get back to that level, that explosiveness that he had. He, he couldn't hang with a team that was going as fast as Auburn did, only play six and a half minutes for the game. So that's still a big question mark on what he is going forward. He started, I didn't think he was going to, um, and and the role that he has is, is definitely in question. But Missy, I mean, <laughs> that was fun. I, I just did not think, if you had told me with five minutes left in the game, hey, who's the first freshman you're going to talk about? And it wasn't Jacoby Walter, I would have been like, you're insane. But yeah, he didn't score the last five or so minutes, six minutes of the game, and they and they still pull away. He was awesome, but it was Missy that was making the plays. And what I thought about in the moment was, Scott Drew has never had a player like this. Hmm. I mean, truly, at that position, he's never had what I, I mean, to, to Baylor in the modern era of Baylor and under Scott Drew, he's a unicorn at the five. Like that steal and that ball handling and dunk to finish in a pressure situation is something we just wouldn't see. And they've had some good centers there and some good big guys. But to me, that shows that he's more than just a back-to-the-basket rebounder. Uh, you know, not that he's going to be out pulling threes, but um, <laughs> his pick-and-roll game, I think, is going to be dangerous. We didn't see a ton of it in game one, but just based off that athleticism. And defensively, he was a little bit farther than what I expected. He wasn't mm-hmm. excellent, but he had good footwork, which is something that Josh Ojanwuna, the other center, is still, still learning a little bit of, even yep. though he's got a lot of uh, athleticism. Um, but he's an athletic guy who can put the ball on the floor. Um, At legit seven feet. That's the other thing. Yeah. Like, man. And a legit base, barely 18. I mean, remember, he class, we reclassified yeah. Isaac. He was supposed right. to be in next year's class. And that is such a huge lift for Baylor in terms of that depth. And early on, he was keeping Janai Broom out of, out of the cylinder there. And okay. he did he did get worn down a little bit defensively, but I was like, hey, I wasn't expecting even that much early on. So very impressed on both ends of the floor. And th- and that's the thing is he's going up against a top caliber SEC big in yeah. Jani Broom, and it's so an experienced one too, me. exactly. And so I mean, you talked about that steal and dunk because it's like the steal itself is impressive enough. The the instincts to get in and get that, but then to see this gazelle of a dude glide i mean because a lot of seven footers do that and it's herky jerky clunky it yes. was beautiful and then i did on in live in real time I, I thought he missed the dunk that's how fast and ferocious it was but then cam here's what i keep going back to it that was the play that put them ahead for good put the bears mm-hmm. ahead for good but then literally the next possession blocks yep. an auburn shot next possession after that goes back to the free throw line where he had just missed the on and one after the dunk makes both of those free throws to put, you know, four points gap. So it's like that happened, my man, in such a quick flash. He's going to have down days. But that ceiling that Eves Missy has, boy, it is sexy to look at. Now, here's I want to go to the backcourt because we can't miss Jacoby Walter. Um, Mm -hmm. 
one of my preseason observations that I want you to tell me how crazy I am, how dumb I am if I think this is true. I proposed that he might have a bigger impact on this Baylor team than even Keontae George did last year. Am I crazy or is there some sanity to that? That's one of the most sane things I've heard on this show, Isaac. Uh, no, seriously. Um, I love Keontae in just a tremendous player. Actually got his first start in the NBA last night with the Jazz. Um, I, I think he's going to be a good, good NBA player. I really do. But it, it is a more favorable situation for Jacoby Walter to go into on this Baylor team. But I think he's definitely going to have more of an impact. Um, and that's saying something. I think the offense doesn't have to run through him like it did with Keontae last year, who was you know, obviously true freshman at the point guard position and their backup was Adam Flagler, who's a terrific scorer, but not a point guard. Jacoby Walter doesn't need to play point guard on this team. And I don't think that's what he's going to play in the NBA. So I, I think it's perfect that they have the facilitators. They have a stronger backcourt and he can score from every level. Whereas Keontae was a three point shooter and that's what he does really well. And he was excellent at that. But I think Jacoby's game is going to help this team so much more than Keontae's did last year. And that's no shade on Keontae. Great player. Um, won some games for us. But I think Jacoby is going to be maybe the top freshman in the nation this year. And I might be crazy in saying that. But I think he is absolutely going to have a bigger impact and is going to help this team win more games. No, when, I, when we named our freshman of the year nationally on this show, he was, I named three, and he was right there as part of that. I don't it's think just that. nuts that Aiden Holloway is probably the third best freshman on the floor the other night. And he's an excellent player. Second best from his own high school, yeah. by the way. Played with even EC at prolific right. prep. That's, that's no right. that's no bad mark. I mean, those were three terrific young players. Yep. But no, I mean, you talk about Isaiah Collier at USC. You talk about Justin yeah. Edwards at Kentucky. And in that same breath, give me Jacoby Walter hanging out down in Waco. A little bit of a break today as the Bears host John Brown from actually like an hour south of where I live in Joplin, Missouri. Nice, nice, uh, easy win for the Bears after that slog on Tuesday night. And then a little bit, of, a little bit of a break in the schedule as well, uh, really leading up to that uh, several things later in the non-con schedule. So we'll be watching for that. So great to have Cam Stewart on our show. Cam, thank you so much, brother. Can't wait to have you back. Isaac, thanks for having me. Can't wait to be back. Let's talk some more Bears basketball soon. I want to thank Isaac for having me on. That was a ton of fun. I love talking college hoops, and it's that season again. But first, we've got the little issue of Baylor and Kansas State. We'll have that post game for you coming up on YouTube tomorrow and then dropping into your podcast zone wherever you get it. Thank you for making Locked on Baylor your first and best listen. I just added that second part. Your first listen every day. Uh, really appreciate it. Again, it's the only place that you are getting 100% all Baylor every day. And we'll be back tomorrow with the post game. Let me know what you think. Can the Bears pull off a miracle? We'll see. This has been, always will be, Locked on Baylor.